TrueCar.com is changing car buying forever. Yes, every day, TrueCar users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Some features aren't available in all states, but in just the first six months of this year, over 275,000 cars were sold by the TrueCar Certified Dealer Network. TrueCar users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. So when you're ready to buy a car, just follow these three easy steps. First, go to TrueCar.com and find out what people paid for the car you're looking for. Then register at TrueCar.com. You'll see upfront pricing information and you can lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Just print out your TrueCar savings certificate and take it to the TrueCar certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Remember, every day, true car users receive negotiation-free, guaranteed savings. Save time. Save money. Never overpay. Visit TrueCar.com today. That's TrueCar.com. Welcome to the Solid Verbal. The Solid Verbal. Come after me! I'm a man. I'm 40. I've heard so many players say, well, I want to be happy. You want to be happy for a day? Eat a steak. It's that woo woo. And now, Dan and Ty. Welcome back to the Solid Verbal, boys and girls. Ty Hildebrand here, Dan Rubenstein. Right on over there, solidverbal at gmail.com. Still the email address. Feel free to hit us up this weekend, 408verbal1. That's 408verbal1. Also look for us on Facebook, on FanCred. And, of course, on the Twitter. And, look, we've got a special show planned for all y'all this evening, don't we, Dan? First of all, fantastic use of y'all thank this you, time. Thank you. I, I feel like you nailed it. Um, I'm very excited for tonight's show. The games are not enormous, but the show is. Um, jam-packed show, game previews, uh, Facebook questions, all sorts of various small conference strong opinions that we're going to have tonight. And... Uh, just no Roger Goodell at all no, on this well, show. And you're, Zero Goodell. You're forgetting the most important and unique part of tonight's show, Dan. What's that? I've been dispatched to the Atlantic coast to monitor sea levels. <laughs> and you have been dispatched to Piscataway, New Jersey to be in the throes, in the mix of Rutgers' first home Big Ten game. I do have riot gear at the ready. We needed have... somebody who could move about the people and act like a true New Yorker. True. So as not to be too conspicuous. So I'm monitoring from afar and you're kind of our guy on the ground there. New York is is swept up. It's a lot of, you know, in the summer, people head out to the Hamptons. It becomes a ghost town on the weekends. Not unlike that situation where New York is just the the transit authority does not know what to do with all of the shuttles out to Piscataway. It is it's going to be a traffic nightmare getting out to, to New Jersey from the city. But. I'm going to leave Friday morning first thing. Okay. And just hope for the best. Okay. Make sure you have backup batteries. Make sure you have like a homing beacon in case we lose oh, yeah. contact with you so we're able to find you. It's it's basically Coachella is yep. what I'm at college football Coachella of the city emptying out for Rutgers. Well, we've got a jam-packed show here. Yes. I am still at an undisclosed spot along the Atlantic coast. And Dan, you won't be in Piscataway this weekend, but you'll be, where are you going again? I will be in the mountain time zone. I'm going to be in Boise, Idaho for a wedding. Wow. Fall wedding, a fall wedding. I mean, week three is actually somewhat ideal. Your your (laughs) fall wedding might be the most exciting thing about week three, to be honest with you. This is absolutely true. And I will say this is the wedding of 
I don't know how to phrase this correctly, like the original Ty. This is my first radio co-host. Really? This is, his name is Mike. Did, uh, is this the guy you did the Morningwood show with? This is the Morningwood co-host, my my show in Oregon at the University of Oregon. Tall Mike, a.k.a. Corndog, is getting married. I've never met the bride, um, which I'm excited to uh, to see everything and how it goes down at the wedding. I'm a groomsman. And I will be wearing one of the uglier groomsmen outfits ever to walk the earth. You kind of look like the Fighting Irishman. I'm not going to lie. I saw it. The Leprechaun. It is. It is somewhat South Bendy. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no way of getting around that. Okay. So I will be wearing an unfortunate vest tie combo. But this is what you do for love, Ty. Okay. And I love my college roommate. So, um, yeah, I'll be in Boise for about 37 hours. But fear not, we will be doing a Sunday show. Uh, I will be doing, I will have all my responsibilities taken care of at SB Nation. So for those of you that like that sort of thing, I will be exhausted, but I will be on the verbal on Sunday. The The schedule will not take too much of a hit. All right. Well, I have questions about Corndog, a.k.a. Oh, yeah? The tie before tie, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Fair enough. I think we're going to have some time left over. As you mentioned, week three. A relatively light slate of games. We've got seven on our slate here that we're going to go through and pick. Mm-hmm. But first, some breaking news, <laughs> In case you haven't heard, Penn State's bull ban mm-hmm. is over. It's Done. over. Effective immediately. All scholarships will be restored for the 2015-2016 season. This is a big deal for Penn State football. Now, look, I understand that people still find this issue very polarizing. I don't want to get into that. We've already gone down that path here on the Solid Verbal. Mm -hmm. Let's not get into that. Let's examine this as we do everything else from a football perspective. Yeah. From a football perspective, obviously big for Penn State, the football program. Yeah. And obviously, I said this a week ago, kind of a shot in the arm for the Big Ten in light of what happened this past weekend, Dan. Yeah, the Big Ten is a conference right now that is, it's not wide open, but it's not closed. It's not shut down for business. It's not as if Ohio State and Wisconsin are running away with anything or Michigan's running away with anything. In terms of traditional powers, this is a conference that can be taken by a team with the sort of reputation, with the sort of support that Penn State has at full strength. Whether or not James Franklin is that coach and whether or not this is a foundation for a roster, I know that they've been recruiting very well in this cycle, which is not going to be a full cycle, correct? That's correct. Um, But the foundation is being laid with a lot of talent. I'm curious because we haven't really seen what James Franklin has been able to do at a school with the type of resources that Penn State has. But I think we're pretty sure he and his staff are successful and have the capability of turning Penn State into a perennial double digit win type program. But it's going to take a little bit still. Yeah, I mean, it's not there yet. They don't have the depth. But the fact that they get those scholarships back. Next Enormous. season already. That's a huge So much deal. more important than the Bulls. There were rumors floating around that they might be able to go to a bowl this year, but still have to wait a year with the scholarships or vice versa. Mitchell releases his report, and it's essentially the best of both worlds. You get the bowl game back. You yep. can play for a conference. You can play for a national championship. Not saying that happens, but it's on the table. And you get those scholies back. That's that's a really big deal for Penn State just as a football program. And again, I come back to this. The Big Ten is a tire fire in yeah, light of what is. happened this past weekend. So say what you want about Penn State, and maybe there's a little bit of bias on this end of the podcast. However, 
in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king. And it feels like that kind of situation right now in the Big Ten. Yeah, absolutely. And on that note, by the way, Ty, quickly, if, if you can give me a few seconds. Yes. I'd like to preview last week's games real quick. Please do. I think USC wins ugly at Stanford. Close. Right. I think Michigan State looks real good in the first half, but Oregon runs away in the second half. I think JT Barrett is kind of a disaster against that Virginia Tech secondary, especially late. I think Michigan actually, I don't know if Michigan scores against Notre Dame. To be frank, I think that that's a real troubling spot for Michigan. I think Notre Dame, they don't look amazing, but they look like a much more solid and put together team than Michigan at this point. I think Brian Kelly's going to come out of this is one this looking your, real good. Is this good. your way of making up for your 35% accuracy thus far? <laughs> am I even that high? In, on our podcast. What are you on your other show for SB Nation? I am 0 for 10. That is, I mean, that, you're it's the, impossible. You're, you're the, the surest thing in college football betting. I, I have said it that way, and I stand by it. Um, I'm trying to think of... I think Northwestern, I think they go down. <laughs> I think Cal looks good against Sac State. Oh, uh, man. I, here's, here's, my, here's my long shot, Ty, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand by this one. If, yep. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. I think Memphis keeps it close against UCLA. What? I think they make a game of it in, in Pasadena. Well... We'll see Even what though happens. Memphis was three and nine last year, we don't want to. Let's not jump the conclusions here. UCLA still I think, up. UCLA is Lee Corso's pick to win the national championship. So I know pump the brakes a little bit. They're an exciting team, but Mem- I think there's something about Memphis that just I feel good. Hot sports takes over there. All right. <laughs> anyway, Penn State will play on the road at night in Piscataway. Yes. We will preview that one. We'll save the best for last here on the solid verbal. In other news, Pat Hayden. Mm. As you've lovingly referred to him as the dad Dad! on our Twitter feed, he was fined $25,000 for his actions on Saturday afternoon. He will remain on the playoff committee, which is, um, you know, an important bullet point here in light of what happened. I did like, did you notice that he like tried to be very public about his statement of I am, I will pay the fine. It was inappropriate. And I request that the money be put towards the charity of my choice. Like, yep. uh, that's not how fines work. <laughs> that's not, that's not exactly how that works. Pat, um, doesn't it Rhodes then become Scholar. just a tax write off? Yeah. Essentially like, you you don't get to choose. You screwed up. It go it goes to like some sort of uh, you know program to help Pac-12 students, a graduate student, whatever it is. Right. Um, scholarship fund. Um, I just thought that was a real like funny failed PR attempt from from Pat Hayden. It's hilarious. The whole thing is hilarious to me. Pat Hayden getting into it with officials, being called down from the booth by assistance of new head football coach Steve Sarkeesian. Emotions got the best of him. He's not going to be able to do that any longer if he wants to be an impartial portion of this college football playoff committee. That's not a good look. No, not at all. I I don't remember who tweeted it out. It may have been uh, Bomani Jones, where it was like, maybe it wasn't like an isolated Lane Kiffin is crazy thing. Maybe there's just something about USC and a lot of money and private school and attention where it's just kind of a screwed up place. It's just that's what USC does to people. I like that that sort of concept. I thought that was kind of funny to me, even right. though the people from USC that I know I really like a lot. Yeah. Well, but it's we'll it's funny. We're gonna have fun with this one all year. Could be crime of the year. Oh, it's up there. Absolutely. That's We've got some early front runners here. We should open up the Verbi voting within the next couple of weeks to make sure we capture all this. But Pat Hayden definitely in the running. Uh, the only other bullet point I want to point out. Um. 
some teams are going with special edition uniforms. Did you see this this I weekend? Did see this. It's it's in honor of America, September 11th. This deserves our drum and fife. It yeah. really. Let's play the drum and fife. Good idea. This is sort of a a neat thing. Virginia Tech. I saw Maryland. Some other teams. Houston. I think they're going with the America themed uniforms. Uh, bit of a nice touch. I don't know. I kind of like that. It's interesting. It's uh, it's starting to feel a lot like. Remember those uh, alternate like big. I think it was Big Ten uniforms that the Iowa SB Nation blog did. No, oh, yeah. Where it was just yeah. like overalls. Like it, it feel it almost feels caricature-y. I mean, look, I like the uh, the Francis Scott Key national anthem as much the Star Spangled Banner lyrics and that poem as much as the next guy, but that's that's new. It's definitely it's definitely new. I mean, it wouldn't bother me at all. At all. If I didn't think there was a shred of this being done for recruiting purposes, like if it were a purely noble move to honor think, America, this doesn't feel like uh, seventeen-year-olds going to be like. But all I the uniform either go stuff, to a school without lyrics on the helmets or I, with all the uniform stuff to me is this almost feels like this is the first time where it's not. Okay. Sub question. Yeah. What is your favorite line from the Star Spangled Banner? The rocket's red glare. That's a good one. That's a power line. I like what's so proudly. I, I what's so proud. I really like that rise. I don't know what it is. The crescendo it builds to the crescendo for you. Yeah, I, okay. I really like that that start of the uh, the crescendo. Rockets regular for me. Okay. Not even a second thought. Okay, fair enough. How do we get on this topic? I don't know. I think the I Maryland uniform. I brought it up. All right. Yeah. Any other news on your mind? Anything else you want to talk about? Um, in college football, now you have your injuries all over the place. Um, but you know, if you're a fan of a team, you probably know your team's injuries. Not a ton to talk about on that front. Um, we're going to talk about games. I don't think so. All right. Well, let's get I think to I'm our, ready. Let's get to our commercial break here this evening. We'll come back with a sponsor and then we'll get right into the week three action. Because sometimes you need a little fun with your sports. It's not a sports show. This is a me show. The Steve Zavid Show from Yahoo Sports Radio. Sally, how soon before Scott's daughter Instagrams her Sports talk with fun and frivolity. Are you out of your mind? I'm not talking about a sports show. God, I sound terrible, don't I? Oh, excuse me. Hello and welcome. <clears throat> Take three. Listen to the Steve Zavid Podcast on Podcast One. Just search Zavid. C-Z-A-B-A-N. I got carried away. I'm very sorry. All right, Dan, the first week of the NFL season is now in the books. I know you play fantasy football. How'd your team do? Uh, one league, I think I won the game, and the other league, I lost. Okay. But again, I'll reiterate, fantasy football is fantastic for going to a draft and eating a bunch of food and drinking beer and making fun of everybody's picks and then sort of pseudo-ignoring okay. the rest of the year. That's how I view Did fantasy. Did you win any cash, though, is the operative question. Any cash? Did it? Did it end up in your pocket after week one? Zero. Zero dollars, Ty, after week one. That was a big complaint of mine. So look, don't make that mistake again. Uh-oh. Sign up for FanDuel.com and win cash this weekend. Here's the way it works. FanDuel.com is the leader in one-week fantasy football leagues for real hard American cash. Okay. Immediate cash payouts. The money's real, I assure you. Yes. Entry fees start as little as $1.00. Per entry, no season long commitment, no upfront fees. It's totally legal, by the way, which is an important subtopic each week or whenever you want. It's entirely up to you when you want to play 
at FanDuel.com. You can set a new lineup each week. Win every week if you're good enough. I mentioned it on a previous show. I tried with college football right. in week one. It was actually really cool. It was the first time I had done it. I enjoyed it. Easy enough to build your team. Easy enough to put money in the system. And now it's easier than ever because if you go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, use our code VERBAL. That's V-E-R-B-A-L. If you sign up now, there's a new user special that FanDuel will match the first deposit dollar up to 200 bucks so that's potentially up to 200 dollars for free if you use that promo code verbal the offer is only good for the first 50 people that use our code again it's verbal v-e-r-b-a-l you don't want to forget to use verbal as your checkout code one more time dan fanduel.com every week is a new season that's f-a-n-d-u-e-l.com head out there now sign up today with our promo code what a deal I'm telling you, it's cool. I did not know what to expect, but I was intrigued because you see the commercials, you know, um, I like sports. I like football. Let's let's give this thing a go. And uh, really, really cool. I came in second place in my league. I'm going to try it again this weekend, see if I can get some better results. But um, definitely worth your time. And, uh, you know, they're giving you some free dough. So kick the tires on it and see if it's for you. We are pointing you in the direction of free money. That's right. Please. That's fantastic. All right, let's get to it. Week three action. Dan, time, help. I need picks of the week. Let's first start at 12 p.m. on Saturday. The network is ESPN. The favorite in this game is Virginia Tech with a point spread of 11. Yep. Against East Carolina. It's two weeks now, surprisingly, that we are previewing an East Carolina game, Dan. That's a little it is weird. All pirate all the time on the verbal. So let's do this right out of the shoot. Chris the Capper is locking this one up. Let's have a listen. Hey guys, Chris the Capper back here. It was a tough loss last week with Michigan State. If uh, they didn't give up that last touchdown, we would have covered and we'd be 2 0. Uh, as it turns out, we're 1 and 1 heading into week three for this week. Let's take East Carolina plus 11.5 at Virginia Tech. Pretty simple situation to play here, guys. Uh, last week, Virginia Tech, huge underdog on the road, primetime, wins not only outright but pretty convincingly against the top ten opponent. Now has to turn around and play a noon Eastern time game against a team that primarily plays them pretty tough. Uh, since they started playing uh, pretty consistently, uh, it's since 2009, I believe, ECU 4-2 and two against the spread against Virginia Tech. I just think too much of a letdown situation, especially the early game the next week. Um, it wouldn't actually surprise me to see ECU win this one outright, as I'm not completely sold on the Hokies. I just think Ohio State has a bunch of issues they need to figure out. So let's take Virginia Tech to win this one in a close one, 24 to 20. So, okay, Chris likes the situational play. He likes East Carolina. It's tough to disagree with the logic, Dan, because, look, Virginia Tech, big win last week on the road at night in the horseshoe. They're coming home now. Obviously, this game does not have as much on the line. Right. Doesn't feel like it's worth as much. It's not a preeminent opponent like Ohio State. The logic holds why you might want to go situational with this and say East Carolina to cover the 11. What do you think? Uh, I am agreeing with that, which should terrify everybody. Right. But it is your your famous, I guess it's not letdown look ahead, but it is a letdown spot. Big time. For uh, for Virginia Tech after that very, very nice win in Columbus. And ECU is a dangerous team. And I mentioned this on Easy Call on SBNation.com. It's a website. Um, company man. Company man. Um, Shane Carden is pretty clearly and by far the best quarterback Virginia is going to face this season. Yeah. 
unless you feel great about Anthony Boone at Duke, then I, I still feel much better about Shane Carden. So there's the challenge right there. So very curious about East Carolina and their passing game against really talented Virginia Tech corners. Um, curious to see what ECU is able to do on the ground. They don't run it a ton, but when they do, they're very successful. Virginia Tech, a good defense, obviously, is what we saw last last weekend against Ohio State, but they could be a little bit tired. Uh, and curious about Michael Brewer, who has... He has, he's been good. He's thrown a couple picks. Whether or not ECU can sort of quiet that Lane Stadium crowd on the road, uh, I think ECU keeps it close and certainly closer than the the lines. What eleven points? Eleven points. Yeah. 28, 27, 28, wow. 24, somewhere in there. I think Virginia Tech starts sluggishly, closes well, um, and I think they take this one. But I think it's a very good game. I think ECU covers. I agree with Chris, Chris the Kappa. My prediction is also virginia tech 28 24 i have that written down we can't prove it but i had 28 24 as well and look i i sort of feel like you i'm a little torn on this one because like i said last week i really like tech i really like virginia tech i think the Hokies win this game but i'm just not a hundred percent sold on the firepower of the offense right i need to see more before i'm willing to buy into michael brewer before right. i'm willing to buy into Virginia Tech as an offensive entity because it just hasn't been there, at least not throughout the Logan Thomas era. So I'm going to side with Chris. I'm going to side with you. I'm going to say Virginia Tech wins this one, but they come out sluggish in the look ahead spot or the letdown spot, whatever you want to call it. 28-24 Tech wins in a squeaker. So we agree. We do agree. Let's move on to another noon Eastern kickoff. This one on Big Ten Network. Maryland, a three and a half point favorite at home. Right. Hosting West Virginia, Dan. Yes. Maryland's got talent at the skill positions. Yes, they do. They've got most of the defense back from last year. Correct. They have and they're healthier than they were for most of last year. At least for now. You know, I I've been high on Maryland as like a dark horse contender for the Big Ten East. Okay. But this game scares the hell out of me. I think that's fair. And I'm trying to like I don't know why that is. I I guess it's because I don't know quite yet how good West Virginia is, right? Like, how much do we make of that game in opening week where West Virginia lost by only 10 to Alabama and really pushed Alabama? Like, how good of a team are the Mountaineers at this point? I I just don't know that. And how good is Maryland at this point? I mean, they struggled with USF for a big chunk of the middle of that game. Um, West Virginia, we can't really take away anything from last week against, God, was it Towson? Um, but it was nice to see them blow them out. I feel good about West Virginia. I feel good about knowing that Dana Holgerson won't go too long without a good offense. He struggled last year with consistency. I think, I think I like West Virginia here. It's hard to gauge after just a game, but I like the fact that they have a clear number one receiver. If you're performing well against Alabama, you're going to perform well just against just about everybody. Right. Um, I know West Virginia is on the road. I think at this point, I'm going to trust the experience. I'm going to trust what appears to be a, a somewhat improved defense. It's not fantastic, but I think they're still taking steps in the right direction. I'm going to go. I'm going to go West Virginia. I haven't seen them look stale yet. I've seen Maryland look stale. I know it's still early. I'm going years. Yeah, I mean, the worst unit on the field is still probably. West Virginia's defense, but it's entirely possible. The best unit on the field could also be the West Virginia offense. Correct. I think it's very clearly the best unit on the field. Does Maryland have enough firepower on offense? It's sort of a Virginia Tech situation. Does Maryland have enough firepower on offense 
to score with West Virginia because we know West Virginia is going to throw. They're going to put up points. Clintrick could actually look pretty good against Bama. Definitely. So I'm going to agree with you again here. Two in a <sighs> row. Either could I'm be my demise. But I kind of like West Virginia outright here. And I'm high on Maryland, but this feels like a bad matchup to me. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm sucking you down. Well, phrasing. Not happy with that. Continue. If you're a better, just pick a different game here. Yeah, Don't bet do this that. game. Don't bet this game, but watch it. Noon Eastern, Big Ten Network. Watch it while you're watching Virginia Tech struggle with ECU. Mm. 3.30, ABC, Texas Tech, a two-point favorite. Arkansas Down coming to two. into town. It's a two-point spread, Dan. Hey, Fionn. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, on our Sunday show... How did you refer to Texas Tech? You said they're sneaky awful. Yeah, I think they're sneaky bad. I th- and I think a lot of people somewhat expected that. They they snuck past two pretty clearly down teams. They played right. down to those teams. Texas Tech just lost so much after last season. I liked them a good amount last season. I think 2015 will be an interesting team. They've recruited interestingly. They I want to say they have a, a top flight quarterback coming in next year as a true freshman. Yep. But I just there's there's so much to be wary about with this Texas Tech team. They needed four quarters, four complete quarters to get by UTEP, a bad UTEP team. Yeah. I am I am selling on Texas Tech. I am I'm thinking Arkansas has has been feisty a little bit. I'm not crazy about the hogs, but I think in a road spot with tech looking like they've looked like, I think Arkansas takes a step forward this week. And I think they not only do they cover, they win outright. Can you play the lock music for me, please? Lock of the week. I like Arkansas outright as well. We're three for three with our picks now. We've both come to some sort of weird consensus, and I don't know how I feel about it. But look. It's all coming back. It's coming back to me now. This is a bad matchup for Texas Tech. Yeah. They were it, was, bad. it was Central Arkansas, by the way, that That's first right. week that Tech needed a lot of time to beat. This is a bad matchup for them. They were bad against the run last year. They've got some newcomers, some transfers mm-hmm. up front this year. Maybe the rush defense will improve over time. I don't know. I'm just not sure how I feel about it. Against a team that, you know, is built to run the football mm-hmm. like any Brett Bielema team. That's what they do. That's what they do the best. I think they're going to be able to do it here. Alex Collins monster game, 150, yeah. 170 yards. I'd also add this against a defensive line that does not have Kerry Hyder anymore. Nope. Very nope. clearly does not. Yeah. Let me throw something else out there. Yeah. What's the biggest question about Arkansas's offense right now? Uh I would say, I mean, they've recruited the line all right. Uh, the quarterback position has been tough. Yep. And and Brandon Allen's been like, he hasn't been throwing the ball downfield a ton, but he's not turning the ball over. He's been pretty, I think he's like a top 25 in terms of efficiency so far. I think he's pretty decent. The big question with Arkansas headed into the year was whether or not they could throw the football because yeah. Brandon Allen just wasn't consistent enough. Right. If they Granted, were, it was Nickel State last week. It was, right, of course. If there were ever a game where Brandon Allen could come in and have some success throwing the football, it would be against Texas Tech. Yeah. Last year, the secondary, you might remember, was a strength for Cliff Kingsbury. This year, a ton of new faces. I think Brandon Allen can do enough here to keep Arkansas balanced. And if he can do that, I am locking up Arkansas outright. Play that music again. Lock them up. Give me the hogs. I'm not a believer, but I'm a believer in this game. And I think Tech is, as you mentioned, sneaky awful. Yeah. There you go. I just did it. Locked up Arkansas. Oh, wow. 
need to wash my mouth out with soap now. But welcome to the new. This is the solid verbal 2.0. Oh my god! Ty just locked up Arkansas. Can't believe on I just said that against a bowl team. Moving on. Yeah. Three thirty. CBS. Georgia. Mm-hmm. The dogs, a six and a half point favorite, on the road in Columbia against South Carolina. Dan. This is a big game. This is the biggest game of the week. I think it's the only game between ranked teams of the week. Who you got here? I'm taking Georgia. South Carolina appears to be not that good. Yeah. And that's a problem. Even though they're at home, and I I really do hesitate, as bad as I am against the spread, even I am hesitating to, to lock up or to feel confident about a road SEC favorite against... A, a talented, recently very good team in South Carolina. I'm not completely ready to write off South Carolina, but right now there aren't a ton of indicators that South Carolina is as good as what a lot of people, including what we thought. Um, I'm taking Georgia just because the way you can succeed on the road is running the ball. I think they will be able to move it. I am very interested to see. Hudson Mason was not asked to do a ton against Clemson. Yep. If South Carolina is able to get their run defense at least to a respectable level and force Hudson Mason to beat them, that's a question, especially with the health of Malcolm Mitchell. I, I mean, I like Michael Bennett and uh, Chris Conley. They're they're very good receivers, but Malcolm Mitchell would, would be like their game breaker. So without the, the full arsenal of firepower that Georgia has available to them and with, um, with Hudson Mason, and not that there isn't a track record of a first-year SEC quarterback going to Columbia and succeeding, Hudson Mason does not have the line and the, the weapons that, uh, that Kenny Hill had. I'm still going Georgia here just because I like their defense enough that, they'll be able, that I think that they'll be able to confuse South Carolina and force Dylan Thompson to beat them, which I'm not positive he can. There's more that I like about Georgia on both sides of the ball. I think Georgia's 10 points better. I think it's 31-21 game. Yeah, you mentioned Hudson Mason. Georgia's going to take the bubble wrap off him this game. Yeah. They're going to do that. I mean, everyone's excited about the rushing offense, and we saw what they did against Clemson. Pretty good front seven. We thought 41 attempts, 328 yards. That was an impressive offensive showing, Yep. especially on the ground. Hudson Mason's still a guy who can throw, and we didn't get a whole lot of chance to see him in that opening week because you didn't need to, right? When you're running the ball that effectively, you don't need to necessarily throw the football. He was more of a game manager. This is a guy who's been in the system for a long time, for four years. He's a redshirt senior. Hudson Mason, your 16th seed in the East bracket, I think has a huge game here and is ultimately the difference as Georgia covers this spread over South Carolina. I'd also add one other bullet point about Georgia's defense. This is a really good chance for the dogs to prove themselves on defense because South Carolina may not be as good as we initially thought. Right. But they do have enough offense to keep this one interesting. They got Mike Davis going a little bit last week. We didn't see that in week one, but they were able to do it last week, which was an encouraging sign. And Dylan Thompson's a good quarterback who can throw the football. He's a little inconsistent, but he's a veteran guy who's got some experience and I think he can throw. So I don't just want to gloss over South Carolina as a solid opponent on the schedule. They're just not as good as we thought. So you are going Georgia. I'm going Georgia. Are we four for four now? Oh, Ty. Just Lincoln pinkies and looking at, at college football lines. <laughs> <laughs> Lincoln pinkies. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of which, let's go to our solid verbal special of the week. <laughs> the 8 p.m. Fox game. Oh. UCLA, an eight-point road favorite. I'm so happy I'm at a wedding during this time. At yeah. Texas. At Texas, Dan. Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. Fox. 
Here's the great news, Ty. Yeah, there is the, no great news about this game, Dan. It's UCLA, Texas. Is that I that UCLA's offensive line gets Texas's front. The great news for Texas's front is that they get UCLA's offensive line. The so great news just, is that you're at a wedding, Dan, during this game. That's the only great news about this game. Yeah, I mean, Taysom Hill's a pretty good runner. Brett Hundley's a better one at quarterback. Uh, Tyrone Swoops gets UCLA's defense, which should be good, but then UCLA's defense gave up 35 to Memphis last week. I just feel I, I don't want to take points because that involves faith in Texas, but I don't want to give points because that involves road faith in UCLA's offense. I am I am just going to favor no. I was going to say, can we go like over under instead? What is the over under? I don't know. I, maybe you could pull it up. Here. I'm going to pull it up right now, but. If if there's anything I feel less confident in at this point, it's Texas. I agree. I Losing agree by that. 32 at B, to BYU at home is worse than anything UCLA's offensive line has attempted to do. So I am gonna say I'm gonna I'm gonna give the points. I feel like a fast indoor track like Jerry World apparently is uh, gives the advantage to UCLA, who who should be opening it up a little and have more balance on their offense and can throw the ball a lot better than I think. Texas appears to be able to do so I'm going to take UCLA I think they're a couple touchdowns better to the tune of like 28 13 their ceiling is a lot higher it could be a matter of them just needing a couple of weeks to sort of shake expectations and the tightness that comes along with those expectations okay um I like their quarterback a lot more I like their their sort of depth a lot more everywhere on both sides of the ball so I'm gonna go UCLA but man yeah well all right so you look up the over under I'll I'll just I'll say this I also agree again with you so I said 28 13 let's see what that over under is but yes continue I, I would say this as you mentioned Texas just lost by 34 at home to BYU mm-hmm. all right I think this line says more about UCLA than it does Texas because I would expect Texas to be more of an underdog right in a game against a team like UCLA especially after losing David Ash and, and having Jackson to, Shipley Jackson Shipley right I forgot about him yeah also having all these guys suspended the turmoil as Charlie Strong tries to reboot this program right I would expect Texas to be a greater underdog the fact that it's only eight points and under 10 again says a lot to me about what Vegas thinks of UCLA I, I don't think UCLA is any good I think they're soft Wow. I still I think, think UCLA is probably a top 15 program. Program, maybe, but they're soft Our this team year. This year. Yeah, no, they're not looking great. There's um, no reason they should have had that much trouble with Memphis last week or Virginia the week before. There's just no reason. So the over under is 15 and a half, by the way. 50 and a half? Yeah. I'm going under. I would go over there. Wow. Okay. I would go over there. I think I'm glad that we disagree. Yeah. I, I don't think UCLA is any good. I think Texas, though, is just in a state of disarray. Yeah. Not unorganized disarray, as it might have been under Mac Brown towards the end. I mm-hmm. think Charlie Strong's got a plan, but it's just going to take a while to get there. So yeah, I'm going to go UCLA. I'll give the points, and I will take that over. <sighs> I'm so glad I don't have to watch this game. <laughs> let's move. Let's move on. Another eight. I'm gonna, by the way, I will watch this game on Sunday or Monday. But yeah, I'm glad I don't have to watch it live. 8 p.m. on ABC. Oklahoma playing host to its first real opponent of the season. Yeah. A 20 and a half point favorite against the baby Vols of Tennessee, a young team mm-hmm. at Tennessee. I'll cut to the chase here, Dan. So young is Tennessee that they're rebooting both their offensive and defensive lines. This is not a good look for Oklahoma. 
not a good look for an Oklahoma opponent, I should say. Exactly. Being so that this team seems destined for the college football playoff, being so that Oklahoma is just an attacking defense. You know, that does not feel good to me. An underrated part of Oklahoma's recent success and resurgence these past, whatever, 10 or 15 games. Um their defensive front is really good and they're very fast. And the fact I saw, I forgot who I saw this from. It might've been Chris Fowler tweeted it out. Something like two thirds of Oak of Tennessee's traveling team. It's their first time traveling. Yeah. That's, that's how young and inexperienced they are, which is fine because it's a great way to build confidence and depth for eventual success. But with Tennessee, their offensive line is going to need to be way better than they should be at this point in their careers. Um, they need to not make dumb mistakes playing in a hostile place. And if they do stand a chance at keeping this close or stunning Oklahoma a li- at times in this game, it's going to be on the backs of that young talent that they have, especially at receiver getting the ball to them quickly and hoping for plays that you know great a great juke and down the sideline for 71 something like that even though you know Oklahoma's a little beat up in their secondary with Zach Sanchez being questionable at this point after an injury sustained last week against Tulsa I just Oklahoma has too much already in Norman even without Joe Mixon that the running back position is ninth with Keith Ford's good game last week Trevor Knight has been very good um and Honestly, Oklahoma can just get to Justin Worley. Um, There's all sorts of confidence to be had about Tennessee long term, but this is a very tough spot for them. It's 21 points. I think it's something like a a 41 to 20 or 41 17. So I guess that's 24. I think uh, I think Oklahoma wins this one. I think it's close maybe for a little bit. Oklahoma just has too much in too many different places. We we agree again, Dan. And I don't know if that's good for you or good for me, but I feel I have confident. to have a good week eventually. I, I feel confident about this week of college football picks. I really do. I, I feel good about this one. And I like Oklahoma as well. And, you know, I'll just go back to the situation with the lines. I just don't know how Tennessee moves the ball in Oklahoma. And right. I'm sure Butch Jones is going to find some way to do it. He's a good coach. He's got a great offensive mind, but the pieces just aren't fully in place for Tennessee to be able to have any kind of sustained success against Oklahoma in this game. And I just don't feel confident that they're going to be able to cover the spread. What is it? 21 again, 21 on the road, Oklahoma, Oklahoma typically plays pretty good at home. Granted it was at night. Yeah. It was a different team last year for Tennessee, but it was a more experienced team on the lines. And I think Oregon dropped 70 on them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tennessee's going to be better this year and I do believe in Butch Jones, but just not yet. Not right. in this game. So give me Oklahoma. I'll lay the 20 and a half, 21, whatever it is. Cool. All right, let's move on. we got two more games here on the slate. Another 8 p.m. ABC game, depending where you're at. USC, 17 and a half point road favorite mm-hmm. after a huge road win against Stanford. Yeah. This one cross country against Boston College. This line actually opened up closer around 21 ish somewhere in there it's come down yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of points it's come down a, a fair amount here the cross-country thing always frightens me a little bit and right i should note that boston college fought pit pretty well last week for about a quarter and a half yeah about a quarter and by a half. 10 but yeah i read a few previews before the season that actually said boston college was going to win outright here <laughs> Okay. I, I understand that logic. Right. 
maybe there's some letdown potential, but you've got to watch the games, man. I mean, you just you got to watch the games. Boston College has been great. They've got a fiery coach and all. They're easy to root for. I just don't think they're any good. Yeah, Tyler Murphy's not that good. They're entirely one dimensional with Tyler Murphy. And again, I root for Boston College. I like Steve Adazio, but Dan, they're not any good. No, uh, their their passing is atrocious. Tyler Murphy has been pretty atrocious every single time he goes to throw the ball. I think he's got more picks than touchdowns. That just as a team, they they don't throw the ball well at all. And you're going to need some sort of balance against against a defense as good as USC's and talented at, at all sorts of spots. There's nothing that stands out about Boston College, especially with who they lost coming into this season um, to, to graduation, attrition, whatever. Um, there's no real reason to think Boston College can keep this game close, other than the fact that USC could come out flat. They, they are a little beat up. Leonard Williams has been limited in practice, but there's so much more to USC than Leonard Williams at this point. And the big thing with USC, especially on the road, they should be able to run the ball with relative ease. Boston College, a typically stout team against the run, open, open doors for James Conner last week, last Friday night against Pitt. Um, if if Buck Allen has holes, this team is going to this. It's kind of going to get run over. So 17 points. I understand the reason it came down from 21, but I still think USC is in a spot right now. I'm going to say 35 to 14. I think I think that 21 was sort of right on target. And not only do I feel that way because I've been so off this year. And USC losing to Boston College would be the funniest thing in the world. I'm locking that up. Lock of the week. Yeah, I like the logic there, Dan. Yeah. I do. I I think while it would be funny, of course, for Boston College to knock off USC. Sure. And, uh, you know, I seem to remember the last installment of this game being one that we paid a fair amount of attention to. Uglied up. Yeah. You know, we, we talked a lot about Boston College's chances in that football game. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it happening. I think USC comes out. They come out with a vengeance. I think Sark has this team playing tough again. And that's something that they weren't doing under Lane Kiffin. They started doing more under coach Orgeron towards the latter part of the season. I think Sark's been able to pick up on that. He's a good football coach. He has this team ready. They've got depth issues, but I think they're going to be just fine against the Boston College team. They will have problems as they progress through some of the more tougher competition right. in the Pac-12. I don't think USC is going undefeated, but I do think that this is a team that clearly is on the rise and is going to go out there and just curb stomp Boston College. One of the one of the things that I am worried about, I don't know if Pat Hayden is traveling with USC. <laughs> and so if Sark... If Sark is left unsupervised, does he stay up too late playing SNES and eating nerds? You know, playing a little too much Street Fighter 2 with his assistants? And then is, it, is he tired in the morning? Maybe a little cranky? It's an 8 o'clock game. He could be really tired and just needs a nap and doesn't get his nap in. Yep. I'm I'm worried from that angle, you know, if if he's able to keep a regimen when he's going on a field trip that far away. So... We'll see. First time away from home, Dan. You got to have a trusted chaperone there on hand. You got to have that chaperone. This is—it's he's flying alone across the country, and you know the flight attendants are going to take care of him, make sure he gets to his driver and everything like that. Right. Well, that's what they do when they get to the airport, and they'll have like the little badge that says Steve uh, or Stephen, excuse me. Stephen. Um, But I'm uh, I'm thinking that could be a thing. We'll see. Okay. One more game here. 
8 p.m. Big Ten Network. Excuse me, one more game, please. The only game worth discussing, really. Okay. How dare Patriot League fan Dan Rubenstein disagrees. 8 p.m. With all due respect to the Pat League, okay. this is the Big Ten Super Bowl. This is what it has now become. This is true. In the Big Ten, okay? We're talking about a Penn State Rutgers matchup in Piscataway at night. Penn State, a three point road favorite. This is like the biggest game in the Big Ten this week. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, Nebraska Fresno State. Yeah, it's the biggest game of the week. Continue. Suddenly, by the way, kind of a look ahead spot for Penn State. Could be. You know, this team can not only compete for a Big Ten title this season, as we discussed earlier, they can go to a bowl, they can go to a playoff. I know you want to downplay Penn State. Yeah, I watched them play last week. You've watched them play last week. I I get that totally. Yeah. But this, this whole thing can happen. This can happen for Penn State. Because... Michigan could be a potential tire fire this year. They could be tire fire. If they, they, don't. they are. The embers are glowing. Continue. So for Penn State to go to Ann Arbor and win a little later on in the season. Mm-hmm. That feels a little more plausible now. When you say Rutgers, I would appreciate you, though, to say 2-0 Rutgers. 2-0 Rutgers. Undefeated Rutgers Scarlet Knights. Hold on. Don't change the subject. I want to talk about Penn State here. Okay. Continue. Is it conceivable they could go to Ann Arbor and beat Michigan? Um, from what I saw last week, it is. See, I didn't think they looked horrible last week. Michigan they were good on defense. No, I'm talking about Penn State. Oh yeah, I, I Michigan is the. I'm not saying Michigan's beating Penn State. I'm saying Penn State's going to Ann Arbor, and right. I think they have a fighting chance. Oh, they definitely have a fighting chance. Can Penn State then go back to State College the next week? Michigan is take on out a Ohio streak State? of not scoring points in a football game. A lot of teams now have a shot against Michigan. Could Penn State beat Ohio State? No. Well. Games at home. It's difficult because Penn State didn't look all that good last week. They didn't. They look good on defense, though. They look. Well, they should have looked good. Everybody looks good on defense against Akron. I was more worried about the, the offense and the fact that they can't run the ball. And Michigan has a pretty good defense. I don't I'm not super confident in Rutgers, but you're going to have to be. God, even Notre Dame didn't even have to run the ball though to, to shut out Michigan. The Big Ten is such a disaster. So to answer your question, can Big Ten Team A beat Big Ten Team B? Yes, maybe. the answer is yes. Maybe, sure. The answer is maybe. All right, <laughs> yeah. so here, my, my only point, I don't, you know, I don't know how much I actively believe this. Right. All right, but I'm saying it looks a little more probable now that Penn State could potentially beat some of these teams that we might have... I don't know, not thought they could have beaten a couple weeks yeah. ago. So specifically when we talk about the 2-0 Rutgers team, mm-hmm. this game goes one of two ways. Either Penn State looks ahead to some of the bigger games on the schedule, drops the ball, or they go the complete opposite direction, play with new hope, new inspiration. I'm a homer. I'm a little biased. I'm a Penn State grad. I go with the latter option. I think now that James Franklin has annexed New Jersey as part of PA. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a little worried about the raucous home Piscataway crowd and the rioting outside, of course. Obviously. You know, we're going to need that firsthand report about. I think it's going to be mostly Penn Staters. Rutgers is better than we thought. Ralph Regan has a bit of a plan this year, and that's made an immediate impact. But Penn State, they've got the best player on the field. They've got new inspiration, new hope. I, I think it's ugly for a while in this one just because it is Penn State and Rutgers playing yeah but I say Penn State wins 31-17 going away I think Penn State wins it 
Um, I mean, by the way, Rutgers not that great last week against Howard. <laughs> um, <laughs> Still better than they were a year ago. Better though. than Wazoo. Better than Howard. Without and it looks a doubt. like, by the way, it looks like they've got some organization on offense. I, yes. I agree with you. Howard is not a feather in the cap. Right. But certainly having some degree of efficiency on offense. Gary Nova throwing more touchdowns and interceptions. Mm-hmm. That's a plus. Yep. So you got to at least look at the improvement and feel good about Rutgers. Yeah, this year's Gary Nova looks good. Yeah. Um, so far, at least. Yes. Please with the improvement. Please with the organization and cohesion. Um, I think Penn State's the better team. What's the spread again? Three points. Three, three yeah. and a half points. Um, yeah, I think Penn State wins this one ugly. I don't think they... What do you have? 31-17? Yep. I think it's more like 24-20, somewhere in there. I okay. think it's closer, and I think it's a little sloppier than I think uh, people have come to expect from Penn State. Okay. Well, that's that's our primary slate of games here we want to get to uh, a few facebook comments and of course yeah. our pat league i'm gonna run pat through league i'm stuff. gonna run through a, a bunch of other games real quick oh and yeah just tell me do. if any stick out if there's anything specific about these games. okay yep go ahead um oregon wyoming no oregon wyoming no well it's craig bowl he hasn't lost in a long time no and he's going to Autzen stadium houston byu is thursday night Houston looked real bad. Houston looked week. bad and BYU looked really good, although we don't know what Texas really is. Right. But as we discussed on our last show, BYU may not lose the rest of the year. It's tough to find a team that we feel confident they'll lose to. So I think BYU wins there. Cincinnati has not played a game yet. That's a little they are weird. Finally playing Friday night against a pretty decent Toledo team. So that could be like one of those fun games that you watch or you half watch in a bar as you're out with some buddies. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Toledo. Toledo's not bad. Toledo's not bad. And by the way, there was that weird Missouri Toledo game last weekend Mm -hmm. where Missouri was only a four point favorite on the road against eventually pulled away, eventually pulled away, won 49 to something, 49, 24, maybe somewhere in that range. Uh, People are down on Missouri, but still for Toledo to only be a four point home dog Mm -hmm. to an SEC program coming in. I think that says a lot about Toledo. Absolutely. I'll go Toledo in a squeaker over over Cincinnati. Miami of Ohio yep. traveling to Ann Arbor for Michigan. Miami's real bad. They're real bad, but... Uh, 31 point line. How many wheels does the Michigan train still have on it at this, this point? This is true. Fair enough. I'm definitely not going to try and watch that game anywhere. Nope. Not going anywhere anywhere near that uh, game. You have, you have police departments trolling each other in the state of Iowa because the yep. Cyhawk trophy is on the line. Iowa State and Iowa. I I was been bad this year. I aggressively don't want to watch this game. (laughs) This game gives me the heebie-jeebies just to think about it. Um, (laughs) Go see cats again instead of this game. Cats, Illinois, Washington, two teams that don't have a lot. Washington has an offense, maybe. I'm intrigued by Illinois, Dan. What? I'm intrigued because you take that back. West, I'm sorry, West Lunt's been actually pretty good so far. Yeah, West Lunt's been good. Um, outside Washington's of that, got, Washington's got an offense, too. I mean, they had to outscore Eastern Washington. It yeah. doesn't say much about their defense. No, and no, it says a lot about their defense. Yeah, it actually does. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to say Illinois plus the 13 right. there, I think. Maybe the best offense in the country. Points per game, 65. The Florida Gators taking on Kentucky SEC showdown two and oh Wildcats traveling to the swamp. By the way, the Wildcats talking some trash before this game. Were they? Oh, yeah. What were they saying? Yeah. 
One of their players was talking about how it would be funny to walk out of that stadium with a win. Yeah, they're talking some smack, man. It would really be funny. It would be funny. <laughs> to be obviously. fair. Um, outside of that, there's really nothing. There's Arizona State, Colorado. And here was the big thing with that game. Colorado, the alma mater of the creators of South Park, who are promising to unveil something huge before the game at Folsom Field. Ah, okay. So that's fun. Uh, Arizona, Nevada. Meh, I just Can I throw another one out there please. as an option for, for betters out there? Okay. Betting isn't for everyone, but you just nailed consider, that Navy pick last week. I did consider this one as another option. Southern Miss plus 48 and a half against Alabama. Wow. Now, Alabama is going to hammer Southern Miss. But that's a lot of points. And right. Nick Saban doesn't usually cover a giant spread like this. Usually he'll score somewhere between 48 Pull and people. Like 50, 52 points, right? Give up a field goal or two, maybe a touchdown. Handicappers based on the over under are looking at a 52 to three game 52 to three victory for Alabama 48 and a half is an absolute ton of points. I'm telling you feel good about taking Southern Miss there. Do it. Ask questions later. I'm going to I'm going to you know what? I'm going to lock that one up too. lock of the week. 48 and a half points. A lot of points. It's a lot. It's a lot. Good news, Ty. You know what that good news is? It's a good news. It's time for some drum and fife. Do it. All right, Ty. Last week, tough week for the Pat League. You know what the Pat yeah, League was... doesn't do? No. Uh, play high-level football every week. But no, that's okay. That's okay. Some weeks they do, some weeks they don't. That's what makes them exciting and perhaps the most gallant. No, definitely the most gallant conference in America. Rhode Island traveling to Fordham, to New York's true real team. Fordham, down week against Nova last week. We accept that. We move on. Rhode Island, sad, sorry, smallest state, smallest college football minds. Fordham goes big here. Feel good about that? Yeah, let's go Fordham. Fordham. Lehigh, yep. 0-1. Traveling to New Hampshire, alma mater, Chip Kelly, Charles Chip Kelly. Does Lehigh I, have a chance? I gotta go. I gotta go Lehigh. Dan. I'm going Lehigh as well. Gotta go. Gotta go Mountain. It's Hawks. not for you. It's for fiance Kate. It's the solid fiance pick right That's there. That's right. Fiance Kate in the house, by the way. Nice. Gotta go. Gotta go Lehigh. Bob Morris traveling to Lafayette. Lafayette zero and one. Obviously, can we just go Bob the Morris all the. Can we say Bob Morris from here on out? Absolutely, we can. Bob Morris instead of Robert Morris, I presume. Yeah. Um, Lafayette's not looked great. They haven't, but I th- I really feel like they're rope doping the Pat League. I feel like it's the yeah, long time. Yeah, it's con. possible. It is. It is the long. Let's go Lafayette. I am I'll anti NEC. Yeah. Okay. NEC speed does not exist to me. No. Central Connecticut State, the fighting J. Cruz taking on yep. Holy Cross, the Crusaders. Gotta go Crusaders, Dan. I'm going the Crusaders as well, my friends. I feel yeah. good about this. It's at home. You don't just walk into the the holy confines and walk away with a win. Colgate traveling to Delaware. You feel good about those hens, Ty? Uh, I'm going to go blue hens here, Do Dan. you feel like Delaware is elite? Um, hmm. Since Joe Flacco left, it's definitely a real question. I feel like it's the eliteness is in question. I'm going Colgate on the road. You're going with the toothpaste. How okay. about that? Yeah, I gotta go blue hens here. Jordan, what is a blue, have you ever seen a blue hen before? I have not. 
I look forward to it. I'd love to, to see a blue hen in real life. Yeah. Well, you you have a closer proximity. You have more experience in the state of Delaware than I, I do. I may or may not be in the state of Delaware as I... That's insane. ...currently record. I gotta Who go Who could have even imagined that sort of coincidence? And finally... A weird juxtaposition of life. Continue. Two teams have combined for four losses. Marist and Georgetown. Yep. Do you, do you have a lean? Oh, God, no. Do not let the fact that Georgetown has a live bulldog... Where is the game? And our friend Nicole Auerbach would prefer to be a live bulldog, presumably, yep. than a human. The game is at We're Marist. 6 p.m. under the at least one light, possibly multiple lights. Yeah. Just like a floodlight. Like under those diehard battery commercials where they all turn their cars on. Yeah. Um, let's go Marist. Home field advantage. What the hell? Wow. I'm going, I'm going to disagree and go Georgetown. The live bulldog factor has me captivated. Okay. So All we right. disagree. We do, finally. You know what I want to do now, Ty? Is that the end of the Pat that's, League? That's it. That's the very end of the Pat League week two. Yeah, gotta, or week three, you tell me, me when that's over so I can kill the oh, drum Oh, please kill that drum and fife. All right, so what, what do we got? We have something else here? I want to talk to the people. Talk to the people? We got some questions? Uh, we got, we've got a number of questions. I want to get through these relatively quickly, but we have some hot topics that we need to get to. All right, Did you ahead. see? I, I saw that you noticed some of these questions. You, I, I'm not a fan. You presumptuously not presumptuously but preemptively you start answering questions in the comments on facebook you don't say do. well here's the, the show. thing here here's the thing is this or is this mic on this mic's on yes okay. let me shoot you straight you are like the social media magnante for the solver well, you magnante. do all the social media work right all right and when i have a chance to fire off a tweet when i have a chance to interact with the people on facebook mm -hmm. i try this is my way like as an insecure male of overcompensating. Mm -hmm. This is me overcompensating, and I just can't hold it all back. I need to get out there and prove that I too am active on the social media and need to answer some questions. So it's just, it's a defense mechanism, is what I'm saying. I apologize. Fair enough. I accept your apology. I apologize. And You're I great and all. I just, you know, I, I, I felt the need. Okay, fair enough. Are you ready to leap on these questions? Please, please. I'd love to. This is from Andrew. I heard the discussion by Dan about how maybe Texas, quote, just is what it is. I asked this as a Michigan fan. What are the problems with these institutional powers? We can maybe blame Hoke, but both of these programs have recruiting facilities, TV exposure, rabid fan base, and tons and tons of that sweet, sweet cash. How can these programs continue to fail as they have? Is there mm. any short answer that there is that exists to these to this sort of complicated question? I think that the really easy answer is they are trying to do things schematically that require depth and talent at certain position groups that I feel like they've misevaluated, namely along the lines on offense. Yeah, I was going to even go a, little a healthy more. David Ash, a healthy offensive line. Perhaps it's a different story, but. David Ash and that offensive line don't play defense, which they needed against BYU. I think it's a lot of misevaluation and weird mix and matches for the coaching staffs. Yeah, I, I was just going to go a little more general with it and say that money resources doesn't necessarily buy happiness. And we see it all the time. I mean, you need to have your president. You need to have your coaching staff. You need to have everyone associated with that football program in lockstep. And it just hasn't happened for a team like Michigan. And by the way, Michigan's not the only one that's gone through this. Notre right. Dame went through this. This happens in the NFL all the time. Bill Belichick was a horrible coach for the Cleveland Browns. Didn't have a winning season. Right. Or had one winning season, I should say, with the Cleveland Browns before he got fired. Right. He goes over to New England where he's got a better organization. He's had 13 consecutive winning seasons. 
that's worthwhile. That's worth noting. So it is an organizational thing. It's not just the figurehead coach. It's not just Brady Hoke. There's a lot going on there, and it it does go all the way down to the scheme mm-hmm. for sure. However, there are just so many moving parts here, and obviously you've got your alumni base. They have their definition of a Michigan man, what Michigan football should right. be. They had a lot of turmoil there. So there's just so many moving parts. I don't think there's a short answer. And but. two new offenses, by the way, with new offensive coaches coming in for both of these schools. Some That offense generally takes a longer time to get into a rhythm than defense. Although, again, Texas is defense. Not all to be not all that much to be encouraged about. But Michigan's defense has shown an ability, at least at times. They got some stops against Notre they got, Dame. They, they stopped got them on defense. They stopped them they on did. the ground. They uh, did. But money again, I, I reemphasize. Yeah. Money does not buy happiness. No. It does not buy happiness. Not in real life, not in college football. And um, you know, I that's a little bit of what's going on there now. The good news is that Michigan still has uh Texas still has a very proud tradition of college football. They still have that prestige and at some point they'll be able to build it back up but it just might take a little while to get there yeah and they get to play against big 10 teams uh if your alcohol tolerance this comes from matt was manifested into a current head coach who would it be and why the answer is Derek mason for me what what does this question mean i don't even understand if manifested Uh, um, yeah if 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 there were some sort of physical embodiment of our alcohol tolerance okay i have a very low tolerance uh, Derek Mason has a very low ability right now to win game and games and score points. Okay, I see what you're saying. So I feel like that's the answer for me. I don't know what you're you feel good about. Well, see, here's the thing. I don't really I'm not like the type who's gonna rip off shots or funnel beers right. or, or do anything but like that. But you're not that. super affected. I'm not super affected. I'm just sort of like the type of drinker that can outlast. Right. I just outlast. I can drink over an extended period of time. Eventually, I'll fall asleep on the couch. Right. But until that happens, I can hold my own. So I, w- I feel a- like you're a Les Miles. Yeah, I was. Go- well, Les Miles is a little crazier, though. That's I mean, true. Les Miles is going to rip off some some beer bongs. Yeah. You know, I was just going to be like, you can't really count Ty out. He's going to survive in the end. Maybe like a Bill Snyder. Ooh, I appreciate that. Not like the most exciting. Right name out there but definitely a survivor next question david yes what's your favorite kevin sumlin bcs game impossible to answer there are too many <sighs> there are to so choose many. from too many wow it's like so asking many, for a favorite child or your favorite mine. baldwin brother how can you do it exactly why is it this is from kevin that people who live in new york can only talk about new york ah uh, that's a good question what is your theory you said you had a theory i do have a theory is it I, do have, I, want, I want to hear your theory first, though, since you do live in New York. New York is a fantastic town. It is an all-encompassing city, not that other cities are not, but it is a, it's a very, uh, over, it can be overwhelming. There are so many things to do. There are so many things to see. It is the hub of so many industries where there are just a lot of interesting things happening. Again, not that interesting things don't happen elsewhere because interesting things happen everywhere. But it is a, it's a big place, Ty. And there's a lot to talk about. And people that live here and live here for a long time tend to like living here. And there's a certain way of life that people get used to living, whether that's public transportation, whether that's walking to a number of places, whether that's, you know, going to all these interesting places. I don't know. I just keep saying the word interesting. I think it's an all encompassing experience that people find to be fascinating. And that's where they live. I don't know. I, I think it's a lot like 
college football, a lot like the college experience, let's say. Okay. If you go to a college and it doesn't completely suck, it instantly becomes the greatest place on Absolutely. earth. Absolutely. You know, life is relative. And it's no different when you're out there in the real world, mm-hmm. living in a city, as long as it doesn't totally suck. Right. And there's a lot of things about st- New York that suck. You're going to find some way to talk about it with your friends as if it's the greatest place on earth. Would you live in New York City? At this point in life? Yeah. Only if there were an incredible job I couldn't turn down. I mean, so aside from the job thing, just in terms yeah. of what you... I would need a reason to do that. Rough. Not just like pick up yes. and move there. No, I would need a defined reason. Ty, we're far too old to just pick up and move somewhere right. for the hell of it, for, for S's and G's. Right. But do you feel like your temperament, do you feel a, a certain innate curiosity about what it would be like to take a train every day to work? Oh, I could, I could do it. To walk yeah. amongst the buildings. Yeah, no, I, I'm, a, I'm a city slicker, man. <laughs> okay. I'm a city slicker. I'd be all about it. Okay. Because you've spent the, a lot uh, of time here. I have. I have. No, I'm, I'm cool with New Your York. Your shoulder like was New repaired York. here. Shoulder was repaired there. I mean, we've got a long history okay. with New York City. Because some people, like some people visit away. here and they, they say to themselves, there's no way I could do that every no, no, day. No, 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 I th- I love New York City. Okay. I do. Um, it does get a little overbearing, though. Yeah, it when can. When people from New York City champion how great New York City is. Well, it is. You know. Yeah. I mean, uh, we could argue about that till we're blue in the face, but... That's my theory on it. What else? Paul, what is the optimal Chipotle burrito construct? Ooh. Now, I am not a I'm not a Chipotle person. It's fine. It tastes it's tasty. I just don't generally do it during the work week just cuz it kills my afternoons and yep. there's other food I prefer, but it's but it but it's tasty. I go chicken. Okay. I get usually the brown rice. Wait, wait, on wait. It. I'm going to slow you down. Bowl, yep. salad or burrito? Burrito. Okay. Chicken, white rice. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. I usually go black beans. Okay. I usually get the pico de gallo. Okay. On that, I'm not big on the on the whole salsa thing. Right. I need the the fire mouth. Right. Um, some tomatoes, some lettuce, some cheese, and some of that corn. It's good corn. And if they're able to put the guac in it too. Right. See, I generally go with the bowl, just because I don't think their tortilla does all that much for me, and the rice doesn't do a ton for me either. I think that's just sort of filler. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. When he's talking about construct, it is important to emphasize that your sandwich or burrito artist not put too much inside that burrito. Yeah. Chipotle is notorious for that. Yeah. You don't need to to eat a fetus for lunch. Right. That's not bad when you're paying out of your hard earned paycheck to get a hearty meal of food. The problem is, though, you need a bib or a raincoat with a hood. It's a lot because those things blow up, man. They blow up on you, and then it's bad news. That, I think, is the most important element of the whole burrito construction. Make sure they don't put too much inside it. If I were to get a burrito, I would go chicken, beans, corn, maybe lettuce, but that seems like a waste. Um, Guac and cheese. I like the cheese. I like the guac. So it's it's a bit salty to be a regular thing for me, though. Uh, This comes from Kristen. Dan, is avocado toast here to stay? Feel free to jump in if you have any strong avocado toast. Well, I'm pro I'm pro avocado now. I love that you've bloomed late. on. You've shown me the light. Oh, so happy about this. Avocado toast is delicious. It's like putting butter on toast, but way better. Creamier, a little bit more buttery, more flavor. 
I don't know if you've ever had avocado toast. Never strongly had it. No, recommend. Okay. Strongly recommend. John, thoughts on reclining your coach seat on an airplane? Do you don't do, do it? it. No. Do you try to block the person ahead of you from doing it? Have you purchased a seat blocker or any sort of device to prevent said reclining? I think reclining your seat on a cramped airplane should be a misdemeanor. I will say this. I recline, but I only recline if there's somebody that I try to get a gauge for the height and leg length of the person behind me. If there's yeah, a, I don't. I never recline. If there's a, a female who's like 5'4", if there's a child, I don't care, and I recline if they're like 5'4". If it's a, if it's a, a fully grown adult, uh, male or female, and above 5'6", or 5'7", I just I try to not do it. If it's a long flight, I'm an exhausted person, I'll do it, Ty. Oh my god! I'll do it. I it's, can't even talk to it, you. They're, the recliner's there for a reason. If you don't like, I don't know. And oh, I, I will also look to see even if I'm exhausted. If they're using a computer, I will not recline. Like on oh, the how, uh, how thoughtful of you. Yeah, Ty. But I'll still mm. like. If not, I don't buy the seat defender though. I, I do saw not that either. On, I saw that on the news this week. That's that's a bit of a, a passive aggressive move right there. If I've ever seen one. Um, huh. we've got we've got time for one more question. One more out. question. That's all we have. Yep. Um, I'm going to find the best one of these. We've already talked about Mexican food. We've already talked about I mean, a couple of people asked about easy call. No food gets thrown away on SB nation. It's a website. Easy call the college football preview company show. I do company, man. Um, it's brought back to the office. We do not waste food. A couple of people asked that. Um, this is this question. I like a lot. Let's assume there's a food eating championship for every type of food out there, which I imagine if you search hard enough, you can probably find it for most types of food. Sure. Which championship do you think you could win? So we're talking about volume. We're talking about love for the food. We're talking about ability to press through with this food. Um, And we're talking about ability for stomach metabolization. Okay. I've got one, Dan. What is it? comes in a black bag <sighs> comes in a black bag uh, it is it is made by i believe wise okay the white cheddar popcorn from wise white cheddar popcorn oh yeah have you ever had this stuff i don't think so you're oh, big dude, on see i prefer it's like, like crack i prefer like the kettle corn if i'm going specialty popcorn no 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 no, no. i can't even have it in the house can't even have it in the house anymore really wise white cheddar popcorn done and done i feel like though that's so light you'd have to eat so much sign me up white cheddar popcorn so sign me up i actually have entered an official food eating competitive eating competition when i was at sports illustrated i entered one of the collegiate the national collegiate competitive eating championship i wasn't allowed to advance beyond the the qualification round Right. It was French fries. It was a speed thing. So everybody ate the same volume. It was two pounds of fries. It was basically an enormous basket of fries, two pounds. And the fir- like the first four finishers moved on to the finals, which was a, a more varied experience of food. I came in the top four, Ty. Really? I came in the top four. I ate two pounds of fries in about four and a half minutes. Wow. It's a lot. Let me ask you this. Yeah. What happened to you afterwards? You know what? I, it wasn't a full thing. I mean, I felt full, but it wasn't an overwhelmingly like I had 60 hot dogs kind of full thing. The thing that stood out to me that I did not anticipate because I, I did the whole thing stretching my stomach. I just had a bunch of vegetables earlier in the day. Um, at the end of the two pounds, the fries felt like spears. Like they had sort of made the top of my mouth very raw. And then the mix of that and the salt, 
really aggravated my mouth more than my my stomach. I was allowed to bring my own dipping sauce, so I brought a good good portion of barbecue sauce, the superior dipping sauce. Um, I would say fries. I would say it would be very good with tacos. I think I could put down a lot of tacos, and the reason why is they're not particularly bready. Okay. Like the pizza and the hot dog, there's there's too much of a bread factor there. I feel like I would do well with tacos. Um, I'm trying to think if there's a snack food, like on your ch- white cheddar popcorn, that I would that's do it. well with. No, that's it. I'd win. Um, World's greatest. I, we need to get you in a competition. Maybe we'll do this in, in Dallas for the national championship with Andy Staples. Um, I, I'd win. I don't know what, what his specialty would be, but... It'd be like eating a block of salt. Yeah, that's the thing. Would, you know, um, you would as long as I had water on hand. If I had water on hand, I could do it. White cheddar popcorn. Yeah, I think yep. I feel good about tacos. I feel good. I could do a real. I could put down a lot of nachos. Maybe nachos oh, yeah. is the way to go for me. Okay. It's still not that bready, but all right. Well, this has been a fun show. Big thanks again to all of the questions. We couldn't get through all of them, but all of the respondents on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash solid verbal. Mm-hmm. Thanks for taking part in the festivities. Yes. Don't forget. This weekend, again, it's 408-VERBAL-1. If you'd like to call the reverb line, let us know what's on your mind. As you watch this loaded slate of week three games, again, it's 408-VERBAL-1. Find us on Facebook. Find us on FanCred. Find us on Twitter. Dan, enjoy your time in Boise, Idaho. (sighs) Thank you, Ty. (laughs) Have you been to Boise? Never been to Boise. Have you been anywhere? You've been to Vegas. Been to Vegas. Anywhere else in the mountain time zone. You've been to Phoenix. Been to Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I don't remember Phoenix is still in the mountain time zone, but anywhere else like so. Colorado, Dakota, no. our friend Ryan is no, in South Dakota as we speak for a story. Been to Portland, yeah. been to LA, mm-hmm. but never been anywhere else in the mountain zone. No. It's a good time. I like Boise a lot. It's very Caucasian. It is noticeably Caucasian. Okay. Um, but you can eat pretty well. Uh, that's all I got. I'm wearing a terrible right. groomsman outfit. Oh, and by the way, Corndog, the original tie. Yeah. The name comes from the fact that he is tall, skinny, head of blonde hair, but white to the point where he's pink. So the combination of yellow and pink and nice. being tall just reminded me of a corndog. Pink body, yellow wrapping. Okay. That's all I got. Well, enjoy your time. Enjoy the wedding. Hey, you as well. Any big plans for the weekend? Um gonna watch some college football oh, we got God. the shamrock series dan you cooking anything notre dame against purdue you cooking anything Are you worried about that every single time i do dishes by the way i'm almost timing myself to That's tell right. you like it took me four minutes ty it took me four minutes to do the dishes and it, it felt hasn't great. been the gr- it hasn't been the greatest week of eating for me so i may just be partaking in some sort of juice cleanse and or all you can eat salad this weekend right. to get myself back to a uh, to fight and wait. happy state okay yeah you know but this has been fun. Fair enough. Uh, one more time. My lock is Arkansas plus two. Yeah. I also like whoever Alabama's playing, Southern Mississippi, I guess, yep. plus 48 and a half. Chris the Capper likes ECU, and you like USC minus 17 and a half on the road at BC. Lock up those Trojans. For that guy over there, Mr. Dan Rubenstein, for myself, Ty. Thanks again for tuning in to the Solid Verbal. Catch you all on Sunday. In the meantime, enjoy the game. Stay solid. Peace.